Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's my show. Hey, put a little bit. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey, put a little, put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bills and Bengals Sunday at three. Sabers and Blackhawks tonight at eight thirty. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. For more on the Sabers, Paul Hamilton will be with us in about half an hour. Right now, for his thoughts on. The Bills matchup with Cincinnati and the rest of the action around the NFL playoffs. Joining us on the West Her Hotline is Sam Monson of PFF at PFF underscore Sam. So, Sam, this Bills-Dolphins game was not quite the cakewalk that the betting line implied it would be. How surprised were you by that? Yeah, pretty surprised. Um, I, I think I, along with everybody else, thought it would be pretty comfortable as well. And I think it probably should have been. Um, I, I don't think Miami did anything crazy on offense to make it as close as it was. There were reports coming out before the game that, you know, they understood the kind of hole that they were in and the the handicap they were working with with Skylar Thompson, a quarterback, as opposed to Tua. And, they were essentially prepared to do some wild stuff on offense to try and redress that balance. And they didn't like, they didn't need to um, because Buffalo was sort of handing them opportunities consistently to get back into it and to stay in it. Um, And that I think was the the big thing, like the bills, when they protected the football and when they kind of got themselves together, seemed the much better team and were comfortably pulling away and then mistakes and sort of hyper aggression and this weird game plan that Buffalo was employing, um, which maybe Miami kind of baited them into with the their own aggressiveness on the blitz on defense early in the game. But that was really the thing that kept this the, the, the Dolphins in it and kept the game close. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers are one thing, but a 50-yard interception return, a 50-yard punt return, even a kickoff out of bounds if you want it, that, that gives them the 40 instead of the 25 if you assume a, a touchback, which Bass is certainly capable of. Um, all those yards don't show up in the team, you know, on, 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 you know, they're there, but they're not on the, the team yardage. And, you know, on a day where you're challenged offensively, the, that, really, that really made a difference for Miami. Yeah, it did. Um, but to me, the big thing was why the Bills sort of went with this crazy, aggressive game plan. Certainly early in the game, it made some sense. Miami was sending these cover zero blitzes. They were hanging their corners out to dry one-on-one against guys like Diggs. It makes sense to take deep shots over the top. But then Miami dialed it back a bit, um, and Buffalo never sort of readjusted. And Like Josh Allen's average depth of target in the game was like 17 or something crazy like that, which is the highest 
in any game in the NFL this season by a pretty big margin. Um, in the fourth quarter, when they had a lead, it was even higher. Like, they never sort of dialed it back and, and reset and just said, okay, let's, let's take a breath here. We don't need to do everything on every offensive play. We can actually take this bit by bit and be a little bit more in control of what we're doing. I saw a stat just a little while ago about how the Bills' pressure rate has really fallen off since Von Miller. And every time I think of that or see a stat like that, Sam, I think of you. Because when Miller went down in Detroit on Thanksgiving, we talked to you following that, and you said, this is what I'd be worried about. Like, can they still get – I mean, it's a solid, very solid point. Can they get the same level of pressure that they were getting, they were enjoying when Miller was on the field? It looks like they're not. No, not not even close. Um, and, and they've been really heading in the wrong direction on that that sort of statistic, that chart over since Von Miller got injured. I mean, they were arguably the best front four in the NFL while he was there. They were leading the league in pressure rate without blitzing at all. They were the lowest in the league in, in blitz rate. And when you sort of plot where they are in that quadrant um, over the course of the season, they've ticked up in terms of blitzing. They've they've had to blitz a little bit more to try and get pressure but they've been steadily heading in the wrong direction in pressure rate. They just haven't been able to get that kind of heat. So the Bengals coming to town with that offensive line that's lost one starter in each of the last three games, they're looking at Buffalo and saying, well, at least Von Miller isn't there, and we're not dealing with like the most potent pass rush in the NFL anymore. Yeah, boy, watching the games on Sunday, Sam, the, the Bengals-Ravens Sunday night, and, of course, Bills-Dolphins on Sunday, knowing how compromised Miami was up front going into the game, I was looking for the Bills to maybe look unblockable, and they definitely did not look unblockable. And so, like, I'm that, that's definitely a focus of my attention going into this game is can they – can they get after Burrow with their line compromised after not really being able to do that much against Miami? I mean, they got they got some sacks and he, he made some mistakes, but it it didn't look as as harried up there as I thought it might. No, they didn't get nearly as much pressure as you would have expected them to against against Miami, and they had to blitz to do some of that. I mean, they blitzed them yep. I think something like twenty five percent of the time, which is high for this Buffalo team. So. Yeah, like Cincinnati's offensive line is falling to pieces over the last few weeks with all their injuries. It's kind of back to being what it was last season when it was a pretty catastrophic unit and definitely the biggest thing potentially holding them back going forward. They tried to overhaul it in the offseason. They did a pretty good job, but all of a sudden they're all hurt again. So now we're dealing with a lot of the same backups from last year's starting group that wasn't good enough. Um, But the one thing that they have – is that that Buffalo's pass rush has fallen away so dramatically. Sam, I saw a stat from Mike Clay today. Mike was with PFF uh, in the day, now he's with ESPN. And he wrote that the two pass-heaviest offenses in the league since Week 9 by far are Kansas City and Cincinnati, and they're a combined 18-1 in their games, the only loss being Kansas City's loss to Cincinnati. So it's almost like they're they're both perfect since then. How dramatic, if you know, is that gap? And what does it say? Like, for years I've been on this train with a lot of people. A lot of the PFF vibe is throw the ball, you know, mocking the establish the run crowd, kind of. But, you know, you probably want to have a good quarterback to do that. Where where do you come down on the the stickiness of pass-heavy kind of stats? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing is that if you have a high-end quarterback, there is – 
no reason you can't be as pass happy as you want to be. Um, NFL offenses, particularly if you've got a good play caller, if you've got a good offensive mind, the, the system is good. You can run a college kind of style of offense of the, the short passing game is the run game. We'll mix in the run when we get favorable enough looks, but this is a passing offense first and foremost. And at that point, it sort of dictates where you're going to go with the ball. I don't think you, this concept of, you know, the, the late great Mike Leach had this fantastic couple of minute segment that you can probably find online where he talks about balance. And when most people ask about balance or talk about balance, they mean run pass, you know, 50, 50, you run the ball as much as you pass the ball. And he was saying, no, balance is all about, do you threaten every area of a defense? Do you threaten all areas of the field? And that can be, 100% pass as long as you're scaring a defense in every way possible. And that's what the kind of balance that you're striving for, not are you simply running the ball as much or, or almost as much as you're passing it. So I think these offenses, Andy Reid, um, this offense that Joe Burrow has cooking right now, they're showing that you can pass pretty constantly and you don't need to run the ball. With Sam Monson of PFF. So bottom line on Bill's Bengals, Sam, the Bills are about a four and a half point favorite here is it a closer matchup for you than maybe that number i think it really depends how how bad that offensive line is going to be for cincinnati it's a really rough looking group right now um major injuries to to some of their best players if that's a real problem it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of overcome that consistently and have real joy against what is still a, a good buffalo defense if it holds up just enough though you know if it survive the kind of way that Miami's offensive line survived last week, then, you know, the Bengals can absolutely still put up some points and cause problems. And then I think it probably is a closer game. How about the other side of that? The Bills, I mean, of course, Miami blitzed like crazy and they got home seven sacks, you know, strip sack fumble touchdown play there for them. Um, what, what are the Bengals like in that respect? Like how aggressive are they and how capable of winning with four are they? Um, they are, they, they're more of the sort of spectrum of let's let the front four do their job. They don't blitz too much. Um, they're not, you know, down where Buffalo was, but they, they're a team that relies on their front four to get pressure more than they rely on the blitz. And they've got players that can cause problems. Um, you know, Trey Hendrickson off the edge is a really high end pass rusher. Sam Hubbard is capable on the other side. DJ reader has been an absolute destructive force on the interior when he's been healthy this season. So they can definitely cause some problems, and they've been a very good kind of creative defense on the back end, um, confusing teams and, and causing issues once the quarterback is able to put the ball in the air. Sam, so uh, eight teams left, Jacksonville and Kansas City, the first game of the weekend. Uh, of course, the winners of our game and that game will play, maybe even in Atlanta if, it's the, if the, the home team's winning this week. Do you give Jacksonville much of a chance? Um, yeah, I think they have a chance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, as much as the first half was ugly and not nearly as ugly as the stat sheet made it look when you look at how some of those interceptions came about, the second half he had, I think, only added to what he's been doing this season. Like, he not only just executed the comeback, but it wasn't just a paint-by-numbers kind of comeback. Like, he made several adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Every time he made an adjustment, he seemed to find something that worked, whether it was the, the deep bomb against the busted coverage, whether it was a short yardage play. So I think Lawrence showed that not only can he come back and he 
can he sort of execute that kind of situation? But he was steering the ship. Like, he was driving this. It wasn't simply uh, him running whatever was sent in from the sideline and him being able to uh, take advantage of what Peterson was dive, dry, or dialing up. He was doing the dialing himself. Um, so if you get that kind of performance from Trevor Lawrence, I think they're absolutely capable of hanging with the Chiefs. The only question is, you know, what can their defense do against what is the best offense in the NFL? Right. And how do you like that matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas City's offense is going to be just fine. I think they're going to have some major success against Jacksonville's defense, which is not a great unit. So I think if they're going to have a chance in this game, they're going to need to hang with the Chiefs in a shootout. On the NFC side, we've got Giants-Eagles Saturday night and then Dallas-San Francisco. Philadelphia, it seemed like they were getting a little bit less hype. People might have been starting to talk a little bit more uh, in a concerned kind of tone about Philadelphia down the stretch, but no Jalen Hurts for some of that game. Turns out a kind of close game with Hurts back to win the season against largely the Giant backups in Davis-Webb. Giants and Eagles for you, Sam. Yeah, I think Philadelphia is still clearly the better team. Um, I think Jalen Hurts not being 100% was a, a big issue. Uh, if they get Lane Johnson back, that would be huge for them because um, the offensive line definitely doesn't look the same when he isn't out there. But I would expect a healthy, fully healthy Jalen Hurts to look much better within this offense. But the Giants are an unusual team. They do cause teams problems because they're by far the most blitz-happy defense in the NFL. Um and they, they kind of went the opposite direction from Minnesota last week. They showed the Vikings a pretty heavy blitz game the first time they played them. They dialed it way back the second time they played them, and Minnesota didn't really seem to know what to do with that. They were confused by the extra attention uh, on Justin Jefferson this time around. So I think the, the Giants can definitely cause issues, and like their coaching and the, the scheme on both sides of the ball is why they're where they are. Their personnel, their just talent level should not get them where they are, but I think Philadelphia's sort of superiority almost across the board will eventually win out. And how about Dallas-San Francisco, Sam? The Cowboys have a bit of a disadvantage here, maybe more than a bit, with two less, two fewer days to prepare for this game than the Niners have, and then the travel as well. I mean, it's not like, I mean, we could make the Bills-Bengals point here if you want. It's not like it's everything is predicated on fairness necessarily, with respect to the schedule and everything. But I, I like for Dallas that they're only a three-and-a-half-point underdog as the week gets going here with those advantages and how good the Niners look. Yeah, I mean, competitive balance is not necessarily that high up on the NFL's list of priorities. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not fair to Dallas to have to travel to San Francisco with two last days of rest. Um, but they showed that they, they were able to pull themselves out of this kind of tailspin, the funk that they'd been in the last few weeks of the season. If you get that version of Dallas against San Francisco, that'll be a really interesting game. Um, if they don't, if they kind of go back in the shell and the, their offense can function the same way against a, a really good defense in San Francisco, then I think it might be another game where the 49ers kind of roll away with it. Do you have a thought on Brock Purdy and just like how good is he? Uh, maybe next year or two, that might depend on whether San Francisco can keep winning, just what his value is to them and in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's playing well. Um, he's not playing nearly as well as the numbers sort of bear mm -hmm. out. I mean, that, that I think is obvious if you watch them play. Even the first half 
of that game, you know, everybody was sort of talking about how badly Brock Purdy was playing, but his numbers were good. Yep. Like his passer rating, those kind of things, they still looked great because of everything that's being dialed up. So, But you also saw in that game he is bringing value to the table above and beyond sort of what a normal quarterback brings in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Like his best play in that game ended up being dropped by his receiver but in the end zone, <laughs> yeah. but all of them are the same kind of play where he's able to – get out of, of pressure, evade a guy, extend the play a little bit, and then find what looks like an easy pass because of that extra time he's bought and the fact that the offense is working so well. So he is adding value even on top of what a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo was bringing to that system. And you can kind of see it in the numbers that his play under pressure has been significantly better than Jimmy Garoppolo's. Um, I think some of that is noise. It's volatile. It's the kind of thing that comes and goes. But he does bring more athleticism to the table um, and more potential escapability than Garoppolo. So I think there's no reason they can't keep kind of cooking the way they are. There's no team in the NFL with a better group of skill position players and a better group of kind of mismatches on offense. And he's already shown, I think, that he's absolutely capable of uh, running that system and just keeping it ticking over. Sam, some of us have made the mistake, I don't know, going back five years or maybe longer, of thinking Tom Brady was done. Uh, what, what do you what do you think now? After after last night, um, you, you think he goes to another team? I, it's hard to see him back in Tampa. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. But I think after what we know happened last offseason, uh, do, do, you, do you think he is going to stop, uh, keep playing, excuse me, and do you think he should keep playing? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, he hasn't looked this bad since 2014. Um, and on the other hand, uh, like, you know, we, I don't think there's any reason he can't keep playing at, at a very high level. But I think what we're seeing is he's reached that point in his career where he needs more help than he used to. Um, and maybe the days were like a couple of years ago when he stepped onto the Bucks and immediately made them a dramatically better team. You know, they went from being a borderline playoff team with Jameis Winston at the quarterback to being a Super Bowl team with Tom Brady as quarterback. I don't think he's capable of doing that to a team anymore. But if the team is already at that kind of level, I think he's still capable of stepping into a side and going to the Super Bowl. Like the most obvious team to me is the Jets. Like the Jets had a playoff caliber team this season, but they had no quarterback, whether it was Zach Wilson, whether it was Joe Flacco, whether it was Mike White. I don't think they can trust any of those guys going into next year, I think Brady steps onto that roster and immediately makes them a contender. Oh, see, I'm so sick of this guy, but on the other hand, I don't I don't mean you, Sam, I mean Tom Brady. Uh, I, <laughs> I, on the other hand, I don't want to listen to him broadcast games, which I guess is all waiting for us whenever he decides to retire. That also, I think, that, like, going to the Jets, okay. <laughs> you know, if, if I have to continue living in a world where he's playing football, uh, on the Jets would be interesting, so... Maybe I want that. The, the Jets are going to do something, right? Like Derek Carr or Brady or some veteran. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think that they could possibly run into the season with Mike White as the, the kind of unquestioned starter there and, and Zach Wilson as a backup option. Maybe he could resuscitate his career kind of thing. I think they have to go and find somebody that they know can win with the roster that they have, which is good. Well, you've got four games here, and there's at least one team, I say at least because I'm thinking of Bills-Bengals, that sort of holds up, that has, looks the part as a Super Bowl winner here uh, in each game. And on uh, for our part, we'll probably be rooting against the other guys, right? Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas is good. But uh, it really is tough, I think, maybe you would say different, tough right now to have a strong take on who's going to win it. Yeah, I mean, I think now we're getting the first week where the teams that look really, really good are entering the fray. Um, and, you know, a couple of the teams from last week, I think, added themselves to that conversation. So, yeah, I, I think you got four games that could be pretty good. I think four teams that certainly have looked like the class of the NFL for most of the season, and now we get down to it. All right, Sam, any questions for us today? No, I got nothing. Talk to you next week. Take it easy, guys. See ya. Thank you, Sam Monson of PFF at PFF underscore Sam. Paul Hamilton coming up, Sabres and Blackhawks tonight. We'll get with Paul on yesterday's loss to Florida and also some more roster shuffling as the Sabres continue to rotate around three goalies and move some of their younger players 
on and off the Rochester roster. There's more of that to talk about today. Again, can we still talk playoffs? You know, I mean, this is this losing stretch. I'm not looking as the, at the standings as often after the last week or so. So we'll see. What yeah, Paul it's says. A, it feels it's a big week. I mean, they're playing uh, one of the worst teams in the league tonight. They've got a team they're chasing uh, on Thursday, and then they've got another of the worst teams in the league on Saturday afternoon. So, you know, I'd like to be able to chalk up six points, and then I think you might be back in, you know, not that they're not in a race now, but they, they lost ground uh, with uh, with a couple of losses here. Paul coming up after the update. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. It's Paul Hamilton. Oh, Cervatic and Hamilton going to each other. So whiskey. With Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Nodchuk was just totaled by an Iowa State player against the board. I think it was by Hamilton. On WGR. Really a pretty unnecessary hit by Hamilton. Hamilton is still awfully mad. He's being held back. Number 17, Paul Hamilton. Two minutes for charging. Five minutes for fighting. And a misconduct. Sports Radio 550. Piling up the minutes. Paul Hamilton with us, Sabres and Blackhawks tonight. Paul's in Chicago. Just got a, before we get into Paul here, uh, just got a text from Joe Ostrowski from BetQL Daily. He points out that the line has, I don't think I want to say plummeted, but slid down, the total rather, has slid down on Bengals' bills, moving down pretty rapidly from 50.5 to 48. And one word. Wind. Wind. So I haven't seen that, and my app doesn't tell me anything like too problematic about the weather, but somebody yeah. somewhere thinks we've got we're in for something. Okay. Yeah. I, I I looked at my app too and it you know, it's also not specific for like Orchard Park, but ten to fifteen miles an hour, thirty degrees, chance of snow an inch. So it wasn't sounding too stormy, but I did hear Pat Hammer earlier this week. Um, or maybe like as the you know whatever yesterday or maybe Sunday night that there could be weather and it was like stay tuned we don't know when it's coming but it, it could impact oh. Sunday so. oh stay tuned is right it's a tease yep. for you yep. now to the windy city Joe's home Joe Ostrowski Chicago Paul Hamilton is there Paul uh, how windy is it in Chicago today <laughs> not too bad no I was out walking earlier uh, not bad at all kind of rare. Yeah, it is kind of rare. Usually you, you blow down the street here when you're down in the city. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's uh, not sunny or anything, but it's a, it's a nice nice enough day, around 40 degrees. We did not talk yesterday. We normally would on a weekday game day for the Sabres, but the game was on in the afternoon. Uh, what did we miss, Paul? Florida got ahead here pretty early, and the Sabres could not get there. Were, were they good? Were they just outclassed? What happened? No, they weren't. There was no energy again, just like last Monday. And, uh you know, I think, you know, we talked about this when this streak started where, you know, and I don't remember exactly what I figured out. It was something like 13 games in 23 days, or I, it was something on those lines. I don't remember exactly how I figured it out. But right now, this is their seventh game in 11 days and three and four. And I think it's starting to catch up on them. But the thing is, you know, they, they went into Nashville and played good games. It's on the road. And, uh, you know, they come home and lay another egg. I mean, and, and I mean, you, you can't be a playoff team if you've lost 14 of your 23 home games. You, now, if you reverse that, just go 14 and nine. That's not a great home record. That's maybe middle of the road home record. 
you had eight more points. Yeah. Just, you know, you, you got a whole different conversation that you're talking about here. Because on the road, I mean, you've won nine of your last 11 on the road, and you're 12 and seven. And it's just, and it could easily happen again tonight where they lose at home, win on the road. Now, Thursday will be one of those special nights that the Sabres seem to get all keyed up for. So it'll probably be fine against the Islanders. And then Saturday probably won't be a great crowd. Anaheim will be in, and it's like, oh, geez, how did we lose to the Ducks type of thing? You know, so uh, it's, it's, you know, and again, it's just, this is the heaviest schedule I think I've seen. I may have seen something in Olympic year like this, but this month, especially slotting that Philadelphia game in, into it also, is is the busiest schedule. So as a young team, they got to learn how to do this because these yeah. things happen. You can't, you know, if you're going to be a winning team, you know, the, the Colorado Avalanche don't sit around and say, well, we have seven games in 11 days, guys. You know, we, we, we may not be very good. They figure out a way to do it. Yeah, I, I'm curious, like, what, you know, what, what sort of tone Granado wants to have about this, because it is two Mondays in a row that it was just sort of, you know, the explanation sounds pretty similar, like we didn't have it, and, you know, that's going to happen, that sort of thing. Like, I, I wonder, Paul, considering what you're saying about the schedule and how young they are, like, I don't know, how, how hard does he want to be on them if, if, you know, we start to see, I don't know, is two Mondays in a row a trend? I mean, it's a day of the week where they came off emotional wins and just weren't weren't with it. So, um, I don't know, like, how alarming do you think it is to Granado that he's seeing this from his team? I don't think it's a surprise, but he's also pitching to the team. What he's telling them is basically what we just said, that look at this happens during a season. You have to learn how to be able to get to your game, even if maybe you're not rested and maybe you're not quite as good as you, you think you could be. Because you still have to be able to get to your game. You have to find other ways to win. You have to be able to manage it. And that's what he's trying to teach these guys as young players because they obviously don't know how to manage it. Some of them are going through it for the first time. A lot of them are going through it for the first time. And that's his message to them, that, you know, these things happen during the season, but you got to figure it out. It's not a reason to lose the game. All it is is a reason to be able to understand, all right, maybe you don't quite have it this game, so I have to do this. I have to maybe put the puck in this place instead of that place. Understand the conditions that you're playing in and adapt to them and still be able to produce. Paul, so this roster shuffling continues. Uh, Lukanen plays and then is sent, quote, sent down to Rochester and Krebs comes up. How long will this go on? What will end this sort of shuffling that's happening here? Well, Elliot Friedman reported, and I've heard pretty much the same thing, that they're trying to maybe move Henestrosa for two reasons, to help them roster-wise and to help him. He's not getting any ice time. And, you know, to give him a chance maybe to go someplace and play. It, you know, it would help them. It would help him type of a thing. So they're looking into that. Obviously, they wouldn't be asking for much to be able to move him. Um, he hasn't really produced in the time that he has played here. He doesn't have a goal yet uh, playing uh, in 19 games. And I haven't, you know, I don't think he's been as good this year as, as last year. Now, maybe it's because he hasn't played consistently, whatever. He just has not been as good. And so that's one way they could do it. I will just continue to say, because I'm, I'm still astounded 
that they are completely healthy in January, <laughs> and they've been completely healthy for almost two weeks now. I, I, I that doesn't happen in professional sports, and I just don't think it's going to keep happening. I, I can't see this going on for another two weeks where they just don't get an injury where somebody winds up on injured reserve and then this is all done with. So, you know, I, they are looking at a couple of different options to doing it. They could also waive an Estrosa as a way to relieve it and see what happens there if, if they can't find a trade for it. So how much longer they want to go through it, I don't know. Uh, but... Uh, you know, as I said, I just can't see them staying completely healthy all too much longer. I know. I feel like, Paul, we, we first had this conversation, maybe it was just only a week ago. It seems longer ago than that, I guess. Um, you know, when they started doing this, yeah, it was last Tuesday. Um, and like, well, yeah, so, something will happen, right? Like something will happen uh, injury-wise, and, and it hasn't. Um, with that said, they're not. They they can keep doing it right. They're not they're not doing anything that is against the rules, right? Like they're not arousing suspicion by doing this. Like teams teams play games with long term injury, uh, long term injury reserve all the time for cap purposes and like daily roster manipulation. Like we've been kind of out of it, um, you know, for a, a while because you know we haven't really been paying that close of attention i think um to the top teams doing this sort of stuff because for cap reasons more for more than for roster management reasons but there's no reason i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And they can't keep doing this, right? Yeah, they can keep going with it. And the players, they don't love it, but they understand it. And I think they were going to sit Paterka and Quinn for a couple of games anyway. And they got the result they wanted from it. You know, that he just felt they were a little bit fatigued. This 
It's their first year going through the NHL, and he thought mentally and physically, mm-hmm. or physically they could use a little bit of a break. So now, interestingly enough, Paterka has not gone through this little exercise yet. And it was suggested to me, and I never thought of it until it was suggested to me, that it might be because of his agent, Alan Walsh. They may not want to deal with him. So they, that may be sparing him from going through this. Well, we're still, we'll see. We'll see if he does wind up doing right. it. But Krebs has done it twice. Lucan has done it numerous times when he's not playing. Quinn's done it. But Paterka hasn't. So that, that, would, that would be an explanation, as, as I said, I didn't even think of. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the players don't love it, but they figured out. Now Krebs sat two games, and he's back. Lucan's not playing tonight. We don't know which goaltender is. There was no morning skate. But uh, I would have guessed Anderson, but that's a wild guess. And uh, Krebs, they did tell us, or Granado did tell us yesterday that Krebs will play in this game, So and he's on the trip. So he's been activated, and he's, he's sat his two games, and now he's going to be back in. What is this agent known as difficult or something? Walsh? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a rabble rouser with the league and uh yeah, he's somebody you don't want to make angry. He'll <laughs> if yeah, you want he, to have he'll, a relationship with yeah. him and his players. He'll he'll get out there on Twitter. Isn't he the guy that tweeted the, the picture of Marc Andre Fleury being stabbed or something like the the thing went with with Vegas? Was that him? Yeah, yeah. He's he's big on Twitter. He he yeah. will he will rip the National Hockey League at every turn that he can, uh, Batman, the league, anything, and uh, he can make a big nuisance of himself. So he's he's not. If you have some players on your team and you need to negotiate with them, he's not somebody that you want angry. If it's true and other guys are going down, costing them thousands of dollars, and this guy Paterka isn't because of the Walsh point, then he's about to have some new clients. <laughs> Because, yeah. you know, like what the, the players are like, why, why are you so special? If that's why? right, I'm not sure if that's right, but I'm saying if, yeah. then he'll probably, he's probably good for his business. And if I were Paterka, as much as I wouldn't want to lose the money, I might say to, 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 to my agent, stand down. I don't want to stick out here is that I'm special. Right. Right. You know, and that was how I would handle it. I don't know if he has or if, if this is even true. This is just something I'm throwing out there as a possibility. Uh, it seems feasible, but I don't know that it's true. But if I were the player, I, you're right, Mike, that why are you so special? And I wouldn't want my teammates to think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe his turn comes next, <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. Lukanen's been doing it. You just you ran down the list. I don't need to do it again. Maybe, maybe he's next. We'll see. Anything on Chicago, Paul, other than they're terrible? <laughs> Yeah, well, they have uh, won three out of four. Uh, but before that, they had gone on a huge losing streak. How about Jake McCabe? And I understand where he's coming from after six seasons of some of the worst hockey that has been played in the National Hockey League. Yeah, no. With the Sabres organization. Wanted to move on. Got a chance to go home. Thought it was greener pastures. And now he's still on the worst team in the National Hockey League. You know, they had lost 13 out of 14 games before winning three of four. Although the game they lost to Seattle... What did Seattle score? Six, uh, six in the first. Their first seven is shot. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that wasn't a real good game for Chicago. So, and you know, they still have the. You know, are they trading Kane and Tabes? They probably will by the by the March fifth deadline. And you know, so you know their their numbers are somewhat down. Of course, they're also older, and that makes Max Domi their leading scorer, not Pat Kane, not uh, Jonathan Tabes. So. Uh, 
you know, it's, they've gone through it. Now their goaltender is in concussion protocol. So they, you know, Morazic probably will be in net or else the kid uh, that they just called up will get his first game. We'll see. Seattle's good. They lost to Tampa yesterday, but they're close to first in the West here uh, at about the halfway point of the year. Paul, thanks. Enjoy Chicago. I will. Take care, guys. All right, there's Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline and his reports here on WGR brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here, will focus on the Bills, their game with Cincinnati, the rest of the playoff picture, and you can join us. 803-0550 is the number. That'll start right after this on WGR. Welcome back. Eyes on the Cincinnati Bengals. Round two, the divisional round, Sunday at three in Orchard Park. I mean, it's not exactly a rematch from January 2nd, as that game, of course, was stopped in the first quarter. But um, that did happen. They did play nine minutes. And this is really, like, this is the game. (laughs) Nothing will ever tell us what would have happened last year. Had the Bills won in Kansas City, like it will, right. it, we'll never know that answer. But kind of like that's, you know, not on the line. What's on the line is a chance to win this year. But you know, maybe this is a game where we feel like fans will feel like, or even the Bills, they can make that point against Cincinnati. Sure, the form they were in. You know, it, it's it's funny how you know selective you you can be with that sort of thing like i i i think a lot of us i i i felt i mean i wouldn't say that i was assuming they would beat the bengals but you know you you felt you know pretty good about it being at home and you know by then we hadn't seen the bengals well they'd beaten the chiefs already in the season uh, i'm talking about last year and then and then of course did it again uh, in Kansas City in the championship game um but like we spent a lot of like, uh, yesterday I'm not worried about what the Bills look like against Miami because the form you're in from one game to the next doesn't it, – it's not pertinent, right? So it's a new game, but yet last year the Bills rolled the, the, the Patriots in the playoffs, you know, touchdown every time they had the ball except for kneel downs at the end of the game, um, if not the end of the half as well. And then, you know, if they had closed the deal in Kansas City, I mean, look at that performance. Oh, my gosh. So – you're, you're sort of cresting this wave. Like, of course, they're unstoppable. That, that probably wasn't right. They, they were stoppable. We'll never know. Last year, they didn't get to play again after Kansas City. But, yeah, uh, you know, it, it sort of felt like, I don't know, halfway through this year, I didn't think Cincinnati was on the Bills level um, or Kansas City's. But they got there. Like, I, I have a hearty respect for them. I'm not assuming – anything about this game i mean i think it, it the bills are going to have to be on point i think to to win this game you know unless cincinnati is just so compromised up front um that like the bills can really exploit that which again didn't happen against miami so i'm not prepared to predict it will happen against the Bengals, but they seem to be in pretty tough up there yeah i'd be really impressed and somewhat surprised if the bills were dominant like that in this game even with the bengal's injuries We'll, f- we'll talk to Joe Goodberry tomorrow. Uh, he's our guy when it comes to Cincinnati. He was on with me that week after Christmas before the Monday night game, and um, he's the guy to ask. I have a different feeling about why I want the Bills to do it, like to, to win it all this year, than, I've, than I'm used to. I had a, a thought 
This is not going to make sense. I hope you'll hang in there and I can explain myself after the update. I had a, a thought about them that isn't really like sort of how I usually think about the Bills. It's just one, for me, new way to want to root for them. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean as we as we keep going here. want to talk about also an interesting thing about the Bills roster that uh, maybe hasn't occurred to you. We haven't talked about this particular thing really at all. That's also very vague. I'm sorry, but um, I'll probably get a bonus. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm not even gonna take my headset off during the no. break. I'm just gonna sit here waiting for us to start talking again. I think that's probably two bonuses, and I have to decide whether I want to share with you. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number to talk playoffs with us. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. This is WGR. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 